Okay. So last night we continued our discussion of what you can drink and eat at the various venues we're discussing parties and if you recall the Mechaber said that the Gemara's Gezerah against beer applies to any beer even if that beer wasn't around or wasn't too popular and Ramah says no it only goes on the beer they were discussing which was the Tainim Tamarim and not our beer even though the Tainim Tamarim Bachlawi don't use, and the popular beer of choice is from the barley. So interestingly enough, my son happened to ask me today, why is it mutter? You'll see this is very related. Why is a mutter to set a travel alarm clock, which you've heard me say many times, and people keep asking me why I'm so makele with these things. I said, I'm trying to get people the davening on time, Shabbos morning at the shir in the afternoon, and what's mutter is mutter, you know, then vent chumras. And I guess the first time you hear it, you don't like you're setting an alarm clock and it goes off, so you buy one for $10, it's about yay big, and it shuts off after a minute. That's the good news. The bad news is it shuts off after a minute. So, <laughs> what you have to do, I do this, what you have to do is you set two, and if that doesn't work for you on Shabbos, then you know you have to set three. It's instead of your snooze button, because normally on Tuesday morning when it goes off, you slap it like you have a fly swatter, and hopefully you hit it and it goes off another eight minutes. So if that's the only thing that works for you, you don't want to take a chance, you set a couple of few minutes apart, and it works. And whenever people tell me the reason they were late is because they didn't have an alarm, they get a mini shear on that. Each time, I don't know if all the funny, it's mutter. It's, I don't know, everybody always thinks, people honestly say, they thought it was us, or you can't set an alarm clock for Shabbos. So it's Avshamilsus, it can't be loud, blaring, which shouldn't be anyway if the other person in the room might wake up Shabbos morning. It's not Bedel Mechaver or good for Haftalevech, Kamecha, or any other marriage issues. And you have them next to you, and there you go, the beep beep is pretty low, depending on the company. And you have one or two or three, and they will get you up. So it's not optional most if you can't hear it out of the room. And it's at worst a klishmach to lizer. So mutter to move if you have to quickly put it under your pillow. Now that's the tricky part, because some people reported to me that their spouses don't like the kulub, because it wakes them up. So I said, why do you have it go off? Some of them go 30 seconds, 15 seconds, a minute, so... Get the lower end, put it right near your night table near you, and she won't hear it as loudly, and then you have the 15-second one. If that's too long, you can carefully, mind you, you're half asleep, so carefully take it and put it under your cover so nobody hears it. Not, so you're not going to hear it either, but you'll hear the next one. That's why I told you for, for $10, $15 a pop, it's not a big deal. You've got to get to davening and shear on time. I'll get to the in a minute. So What? What's it called? That five million companies make it. It's called World Travel Lab. You go to any drugstore. They, they're five billion Chinese, Japanese company, and some of them even work. So, uh, yeah, this is, there's a kosher one? This is kosher. I, it's, this is not a big hula. Kosher makes an alarm clock that three alarms. Oh, good. It's all my idea. plastic thing that slides over all the buttons. Oh, so that's what I'm getting to. So we'll see what, what this has to do with beer. You haven't figured out. It's the people who drink beer, Lel shop, it's too late, and they can't get up in the morning. That's one of the connections, but there's a better connection. Uh, so, yeah. The second thing I was going to suggest is, 
because of the the Benum Lachavero aspect is they make vibrating alarm clocks. Yeah, a lot of guys told me they sleep very heavily, more heavily than the females, and until the whole house is shaking, they're not waking up. Really? Okay, I don't know. My sons have tampered with some of these. They got a helicopter one, and then all of a sudden I heard something banging off the walls, and they have all sorts of interesting things for people who have trouble waking up. Uh, The first trick is to try to go to sleep before 4 a.m., um, that's, that's the main battle. That's the main schooler, yeah. So, uh, so we'll get to your plastic oven. That's what I'm, I'm getting to in a moment. So you're half asleep. My idea of putting it under the cover is a little dangerous already. If you're grabbing it already, you've got to be careful not to press it down. And you're not totally awake yet. So his question wasn't on the practical side. He wanted to know, why isn't there a gazera? Like, it's a gazera in Shabbat Shemayate. You can't read by a lamp. It's a big gazera because they didn't have electric lights. So you want to learn. You want to say to Hillam, you want to read Senarena. You, you go next to a lamp. And the Gemara says, clearly, it's usher to read by a lamp, Shemayate. So that's right by the lamp, but your alarm clock is on your dresser. He says, why isn't there a general gazera that you can use all these contractions today because you might hit a button? Why? It was only for guys that didn't have anything else. He's saying, why don't we apply the saints for the Xera? Anything, Shema Yata, Shema, you might turn off, Shema, you might press the button. Why isn't there a Xera? A very fair question. And I told him that there's a Machlech, I don't know why I had this in my mind. Machlech is the Machab and Armah about beer. How far we go with the Xera. Machaber says, they didn't have that beer, but they made it on old beer. Ramah says, no, they didn't make it on that beer. Our beer technically is Mutter. Even the Machaber, even though every time we have an example of this, I try to highlight it to show you how big a Machlegas this is. The general backdrop of the Machlegas that cuts across many sugyas is when they made a Gzeira, how pinpointed did it have to be if you have something that wasn't there then but clearly would have been included if you go after the reason it's there, it would have included. That's often a big Machlegas, and sometimes it's not a Machlegas, it's just logically you have to be careful. And in the sugya Shamayate, I firmly believe that they only made Xerah Shemayat, that they didn't have a hundred other examples like we do. And they made the Xerah over there. Habazi Shemayat is a possible Daraisa. Turning off the alarm clock is Drabonam, but you don't need that chilik. Maybe they wouldn't have made it over here. Xerah, Xerah, maybe yeah, maybe not. I might be getting to that, but when you touch it, the light goes on, even if it's the original ones weren't LED, LCD. It, I could give you examples of where there's a Xerah, you might press a button, it could come to a Daraisa. I don't think that's the real chilek. I think that over here, they only made one gazera. Would they have made the gazera now? Maybe. But there are many categories where everybody agrees. They didn't make it. We got it under the wire. Everybody agrees the most gazeras are low plug the other way, but only on what they made the gazera on. And then you have a fair amount of machalikism, like our machabra the with the beer. How wide was this gazera? The machabra says, it made it on beer. You don't have that beer, that beer. It's all, all inclusive. And the mother says, no, it isn't which is a very fascinating machlekes. And you have to examine each one whenever we have one. Again, I like pointing it out because it's a study just to look at the 40, 50 examples. There are many of them. So you have so many new things and things that was, well, why isn't that usher? They didn't usher it. It's not usher. Your plastic casing is advisable. Just because something's not usher doesn't mean you shouldn't build in something. Don't make your own gazeras, but... It's dangerous. The alarm clock, out of all the things we use, we have many contraptions that are going. We don't say, don't sit there, you might press a button. Watches that, um, digital watches, there are buttons on there. How often do you press the buttons on your watch? Not very. 
So there's no gzera officially, and if you, during the week, press it all the time as you're playing with it and you're 12 years old, then put a piece of tape on it or don't wear it on Shabbos. If you're not, there's no gzera. And there's no gzera here by the clock. The clock, of all the examples, happens to be the most dangerous because when you're half asleep and three quarters asleep, the first thing, your first reaction, which is why you might need a few of them, is to hit that thing that is ringing in the middle of your dream. You can't stand. What does it have to do with the dream? All of a sudden, that bell's ringing. So these are so good. The bells could be ringing. It could be a nightmare about some of the things we spoke about. But all of a sudden, there's something in the background chiming. So the first reaction is to slam it. And then if your better half is complaining, so you get uh, nervous, hopefully, and you want to put it somewhere, so you stop putting it under the cover, things can happen. So if it's a very delicate one, I don't know if covering with tape won't happen, because if the tape was loose, you just press down the tape, that'll happen, but figure something out. Like you say, this company figured something out. They put a harder plastic, so you can't press the buttons. But that, that is the issue, so I think it makes sense, and I think you should be careful with the kula about Avshamil, so if you can't hear it out of the room, it really is fine. There's no shvises kalim, and therefore it's mutter, you got to be practical to make sure you don't come near pressing any buttons, which in this case I think is quite common. Yes? In the Sunday show, we talked about having, if there's a choice between different roads and one takes the road that is, is more fraught with danger. Uh, not stomp danger. That's by uh, the Gilead Rice Department, which is the worst. Shabbos is pretty clever also, but this is not, this is a Dorabonon misasek if you're, remember I hold that if you turn the light in the bathroom. In the middle of the night, as you're walking, even though someone could argue that's pure masasik, uh, we had a share or two on that. I don't think it is because your brain has to send a message that when you get to the bathroom, look on the wall on the right and raise your hand and hit the button. It, you, we call that half asleep. That's not masasik. That's a lot of messaging from the brain to the hand, and that's uh, that's a misa. Doesn't the hand doesn't go up by accident. We call it ah, you did that in your sleep. Like I, like I just on Sunday, I could drive to Brooklyn in my sleep. I, I don't do it in my sleep, and that's not masasic. So it's, it's prevalent enough. That's why I'm mentioning it. I think it's mutter and a mitzvah to use these things if you don't come a time without them. Some people wake up at the crack of dawn, they don't need any help, Baruch Hashem. But, but we, don't, but, we don't say about this person, like, or whatever. Like, so not if he's coming late because of it. That's a chumrasic kula. Yes, the best possible way in Ruchnius is usually a challenge to balance the Mailas and Chesrenis. And if you have only an upside, you can be extra careful. Gavaldic, here, if you say, I want to be Machmer, I might touch the button, which at worst might happen once in a while, and it's a Durabonon, and you can try to put tape over it. And the alternative is not using it all and coming late to davening or Shear, then that's far worse. You've got to always balance what the Chumr is, what the Gul is. But there's no Gzeir. That's my point. And there's no Shvises Kalim. You said it beforehand. Uh, the Shaila and the Agenda, we, we mentioned it a few nights ago. The lottery, I don't know if the, the lotto, I don't know if it comes out on Shabbos again. The last one came out on Shabbos, it was only holding about a billion. Then so people want to know, uh, what if I win? It's usually I tell them, when that happens, come to me, we'll discuss it and other things as well, uh, like um, keeping a low profile, and Ayan Hara, and Stuckers, and Chaimish, and things like that. But they're drawing it on Shabbos. So that's a nice, you're making money on Shabbos. So I said, there's no, even if you would, there's no Shvises Kalim, if the computer's doing it. If you set it beforehand, they're not setting it before. I don't know how they draw it exactly, but you're not doing anything. There's no Misa. There is a Rabbi Kivegu that says you can't make money off of any Kenyan done, which is why the internet sites 
that you have that people are coming to buy things if they can close the deal and you don't put a little message either we're closed or we'll be processed within 36 hours something like that that's a problem according to Rabbi Kiveger and the Dian is do we hold like that that you did absolutely nothing but a Kenya was done on your behalf here by the lottery it's not a problem because the Kenya is not done until you come and claim it it's not Chal they pick the number if you never come it's not yours so, Pashas is, it's Mutter. So, if they're having it again on Shabbos, they have it every Shabbos, and when do these things come out? It's every Shabbos. It's on Dafkan Shabbos. Okay, I mean, so you're all giving me blank stares because you probably never even heard of this issue. I, I wouldn't accuse anybody. Uh, as Ram Moshe, when they asked him about this, said it's not even a Shtadlis, it's a Nez Nigla. But, yeah. <laughs> no, not comedian, hashkrafically. He didn't say it was also, he just said that's uh, not considered a Shtadlis. So, I told that to one person. He said, yeah, for a billion dollars, though, if it's not us or it's not us or that's the equivalent, the firm way of saying, hey, you never know. But that's the firm way of saying it. <laughs> so I liked the way he translated and flipped it over. So I told him, when you win, just come to me and we'll, uh, we'll discuss it. Yeah. yeah if, uh, if a person's half asleep and shuts off the alarm or turns off the light, it's not a lightness? No, it's, it's not even misazic, but that's, I don't have time to explain that. We had a whole share in it, but you can ask me afterwards. It's not annoyingness, and you should try to prevent it. And the lights, your question about bavarning and trying to set things up that things work, if often in your house, various lights, especially in the bathroom, are in different positions from the time Shabbos started to the middle of Shabbos, you should be taping it or... His company, it's not your company, the company you mentioned, probably makes those fancy switches for those things. Uh, we have them over the house because most houses suffer from that problem. So you can't make a xera, don't leave the light on because of that. But practically, if it's not working, cover them because a lot of people in the middle of the night make this mistake. So that's, that's exactly the example. Let's go back to the beer. Siyel Chashuchan on page one. I'll explain it to you afterwards. There's three levels. It's only a nine-hour shear. So uh, you stay afterwards. You get to sleep at 3. You'll need the alarm clock. Just cover them. Kasev HaRambam. So again, the, he started from Lachalv, which we saw already. The Rambam describes Bishalakum, the original Mishnah, Pasakum, Yainakum. Those gazeras are clear. Then the Rambam said that you can't eat in their Mesiba. He talks about a party. And the Shulchan is most interested in that part. Where does that come from? Where is that? What are the parameters? What's a party? If you're not partying, you're having a parlor meeting, you're having a fundraiser, which we will discuss. And he brought down the Kesem Mishnah that said the Ramam got that from the other Makar, which is in Hukzavarazara, that if an Akum is making a chasna, a wedding for his son or daughter, that's a high-level simcha, and we don't want him uh, seeing you coming to eat, even though everything's black kosher, and he's willing to serve you in a separate table. You don't want to go there, and the Gemara has an asmata, associating with the Vodazara, and that's really usr, and they asked you eating there at all. If he sends you something from the Simcha, quote-unquote, to your house, and it's glad kosher, and has two chasamas, then it's mutter. And the Beis Yitzhah says, maybe that's what the Ramah means by Mesiba. And the Yochashochan asked, how can that be? The Ramam quotes that din in this din where he talks about parties is in Hochas Machal Sasuris. They're in two different places and the Ramam wouldn't say it twice and it sounds like they're two different dinim. So where does this other din with the Mesibas come from? And the Ramam says clearly even if it's Yayim Bavushul and even if it's beer and even if it's, it sounds like it's a separate din where does it come from and what are the parameters? So, again on page one, second column Oiz Dalid 
So he has a mahalach, which is very fascinating how the uh, progression of the Gzeira worked, the Gzeiras, and the historical backdrop. And we'll see what the Nafkaminas are. And the Mishnah. The Mishnah is where most Gzeiras are from Tanaim. And Amara has the ability to make Gzeira, technically, not common. But until Chasim is a Talmud, they could decide on any parameter of a din deraisan, paskin, paskin like uh, Tana A, Tana B, and Bimachri the Sogya, which is what they did from Rova to Ravashi. That's what Chasim is a Talmud was, and it was the last time in history they had Rav Minyan and Binyan of the Chum together, which is why if you argue on the Ramam of the Rashba, you're a Shaita and you might be an Apicarius. If you argue on anything before Chasim Talmud, you're a Shaita and an Apicarius. This is the two. And Zakin Mamri, not an official Zakin Mamri, but what does Chasim Talmud, Ravina Vashi, say for Ross? So the answer is the last time they had a full yeshiva's based in. So you can't argue on anything in the Gemara or the Mishnah. With that said, it's not as common to find actual Gzairas in the Amaraim. I'm mentioning that because he's now going to track it and show you that this part of this gazera is actually post-Mishnah from the Amaram. The two original gazeras, Pasach and Bishlachim, a hedge against Chasnas. It's Gamar, it's not a Mishnah. Where, where and why did they come up with a separate zera on beer? Matesis asks this and makes a statement to answer this. Which is unusual. So Tesis already noticed this. Is where is this sugya? Normally zeras. You think Tanaim. It's not a Mishnah. It's not a Brisa. It's not a Tasefta. Shema. Tesis says Shema. Shema Interesting. It's a real uh, collector's item here. We don't really find this often. It's Gemara. So Tais is not arguing with it. The Gemara says we paskin like it. There's no chaylik. Tais just wants to know where is this from. Now Tais is not asking a historical question. Tais is fully aware that Amaram can make zeros also, even though it was uncommon. That's why it says Shama bimei There must be it was a later zera, and they asked in time Amaram. Why would Tais point that out? So the Yachashuch is going to discuss that. This Gezerah had certain coolers built into it, as we already saw. This is the beginning of the answer to the secret. Pasakum, once they make it, is also it's trefli elamvah. It doesn't mean the way you take it. Bishalakum remains also. Beer, if it's the point of purchase in the pub, in the bar, it's also if you take it home or outside, it's mutter. That's unusual for Gezerah. But already, it's a different type of Gezerah because it's a later... Zera, and the Achashokhan is soon going to suggest that maybe they built in that it has certain coolers because it was later Zera, as we'll see. The Yeser Mizek Kasha. So that's the Taisa says, Shema Bem Rama. Sura Akhan Lashayna, the Yeser Mizek Kasha, Daimer Sham, Shagazal Sheikh Mishim Chasnas, which, like the other ones, the Yeser Sham Rapapa, Mafkin, Leila Baba, the Chanus used to take it out of the store, the Shasi, but right out of the store, like right past the, the Baba is the doorway. Not in the store. And he was even more machmer. He only drank it when he took it home. So he was even more makbid 
And the question is, that's also interesting. If there's a gzera, we should know the parameters of the gzera. Why would we have one Amer, it doesn't say whether he's late or not, but what would that debate be about? Vikasha, Hagam Gezeras Pastor Lokas and Mishim Chasnas, they're all Mitam Chasnas, they're all a hedge against intermarriage and assimilation. Gamavur, Shama Gemara Barashi, the Taisis, the Kiv, the Kulu Mishim Chasnas, Mishna, Shachaluka, and Dinam. Why do they have different parameters? Pastor Lokas is who Bahamakam is on the Chafsa, remains also forever and wherever. Vashecha, Aina is her Ella, Kisha Shaisin, the base of the Kachavim. It's only also when you do it in the point of purchase or where they're having the party in the bar, wherever it is, Void Kasha. If they didn't make a gzera where they normally make it, the Mishnayas, or the Baises, that means it was clear to them, Deloitte, top line, they weren't worried about it. Wine, they're worried about. Bread is a staple of the meal. Everybody needs to wash, so they don't want you eating with them. Breaking bread is a way to make friendships. The meat, they asked Bishlachim only Why? Because a fancy meal is what you're going to serve when you want to get friendly with the Joneses. So that they answered. Apparently, they didn't think beer was such a culprit. And that's why they didn't answer in the time of the Mishnah. So why were the Amaram more concerned? What happened over here? So as I said, there's not only an important lumdus in the progression of what happened and explaining why the Gzairs are different. Historically, he has a very fascinating explanation. Skip down to Vav. And he's going to describe what he thinks happened. Yisrael and its prime when they were still Jews there and they wasn't totally destroyed by the Romans. Uh, they ended up desolating everything to the extent that uh, Mark Twain described this thing. There was like not, not a blade of grass going. Nothing. Part of the Klola. But that was a progression. And even right after the Horbin, there were still people there and then by Shani and it got worse and worse, as I mentioned last night, till the time of the third generation of Marim, where there was nobody left after that. They, the persecution was so bad that anybody still alive fled to Bavel, and that was basically the end of the issue for a long, long time. And the hidden bracha was that Kash uh, Baruch foretold the Churban in Chumash, if we don't follow us in Hashem, but also that HSR wouldn't produce for anybody else either. And that was Makuyim. So the heyday was obviously before the Chorban, but even afterwards, in the time of the Tanaim, there are still plenty of people living there, and there were growing a lot of grapes. The climate there and the, the Siat Tashmaya, more important, because the Middle East has a hot climate. They don't grow grapes in every Arab country. There's a lot of desert around. But as we know today, they have good wine, and then a lot of grapes being grown, award-winning wines. And it was very plentiful. And therefore, he starts off, again, above, breakfast, lunch, and supper, like La Havdol in France till recently. I assume now the French are ordering Coke. But until recently, you ate, you had wine. That was the beverage of choice. Hard for us to imagine. It was not that expensive. There was plenty of it, and that's why it wasn't so expensive. It was available. They had to ship it from somewhere else. The Yashaisin Hakal Yayin, and the average meal, the drink, water was always a short supply. Coke didn't exist yet, and orange juice would have been off the charts in terms of the expense. And that's not squeezing food. We discussed that, the pomegranate juice. Not happening. And wine, by the way, is uh, alkulum, besides the fact that people enjoyed it. It was a little intoxicating. They get drunk every meal. It was stable. 
it had a shelf life. Anything you squeeze without a refrigerator is not going to be around very long, especially in a hot, hot climate. Shecher was not popular because most people understood the chashivas of wine over Shecher. If they had plenty of wine and it was not that expensive, why would you drink Shecher? And so that's what the Tzadik you were mentioning. They, they, they knew Sarim could go in. It existed. It doesn't mean it was the main ingredient like it is today. I'd be curious to know. Somebody, I'm sure, wrote a research wrote a paper on that of how much beer they put in as opposed to our beer which is all barley but whatever it was it was considered imported it was what the other guys in different countries had and they didn't know from it because they weren't at the sheikh at all because they had wine even sheikh wasn't and they rejected it it was considered lower class and it was like if you're really stuck and you couldn't get out and get some wine. We mentioned Chama Medina as a second choice, distant second, but a second choice. If you wanted to make Kiddush or have on something else, what do you choose? So in Eretz Yisrael, it's a fascinating uh, to this whole theory. Top line, a love. When Rav asked his uncle Rabchia in Eretz Yisrael, remember, last generation Tanaim, Rabbi Rabchia, Rav was a Talmud of both of them, and his nephew of Rabchia, and he asked Rabbi and Rabchia, can I make, it sounds like from these Makaris that Rav either allergic to wine or didn't, didn't agree with him. Otherwise, why would he be asking to make on Kamar Medina? Wine is always first choice. That's clear both in this source with Rav and the next source in Rav is in Bovel. And he asked Rabbi Abchia, can I make on beer? Kiddush and Avdolam. And they didn't allow it. Wasn't Rav who had headaches? No, no, that was uh, later. That was uh, Rabbi Yudah. Yeah, he had headaches till Shvulis. Yeah, It's a serious headache for Abrakasis, yeah. Rav, it just sounds like it didn't agree with him because he wouldn't be asking the Shaila. And they told him, no, so can I drink beer? Get your hands on beer. Maybe beer tomorrow, Rabbi, some beer. They told him he can't. The Rabbi Rabchia loytiel l'rav v'lo choshel ligzel l'shechar. So it ain't too strong. They're not going to make a gzeir on beer. Who is drinking beer when you want to have a nice suda and you want to get friendly with the with the Joneses? You don't serve beer. It wasn't available. It wasn't very well liked, and it wasn't very classy. So they didn't make a gzeir like they wouldn't make a gzeir on bishlagim. It wasn't alshochamalachim. And primarily, it wasn't available. The drink of choice was yayim. So in the time of the Tanaim in Eretz Yisrael, where they primarily were. They didn't make the Xerah, but it wasn't a Geyam. Aval, but Bavel, Hayaribu, Tamarim, Bavel had, now it's just Hal's Tamarim also, you see, palm trees. But Bavel apparently had a lot more, and I think more than that, they had a lot more, and they didn't produce wine as much. So the wine was more expensive, they had more beer. Hayabem Harbe, I say Shechar, many people in Bavel went into beer. As a matter of fact, we have very famous Tamil Kham in Bavel who made beer and made a nice panosan from it. So it was more common in Bavol, Kamavur Bashas, from Rina and Ula Iklala Bavagma tells the story. Ula came from Israel, and he started noticing above all the beer is so cheap, the dates were cheap, and everything was, and that's why they made beer out of it. Krivalay Tirna the time, they brought him a whole basket of dates, Amalai Kama Vahulu, and he asked them, How many dates do you have for a dollar? Like he was shocked at the abundance and the fact that it was so cheap. That was not the case in Israel. The barley beer was certainly less common, and even the date beer was not preferred, probably taste-wise and chashivas-wise, and 
it wasn't uh, as cheap. Apparently the wine was cheaper and more accessible. In Bavol, it was not the case. How did he eat it with all the bugs? So, he what? Who said he ate it? He started asking about the price. You can eat anything with uh, and get out the bugs. Ubasham, heitiru lahavdolav. And as a result, when the question was posed in Bavol, what do we use Hamadina as beer and option? The answer is yes. Beer was a very popular drink, and you would serve beer to people when you want to be mechabed them. In Bavol, it was popular. And he says in the brackets, So Rav apparently was still not okay with wine, and Rav himself, who asked the Shailene Yisrael, and Rambachia told him it was usher, Rav and Bavol made on beer. It's not a steer in beer. It's Chamer Medina. Now he came to Bavel, so it fits extremely well. And now this was a popular drink, it was considered more chashuv, it was considered socially acceptable to invite somebody over to a good meal and serve beer or to invite somebody over just to social drinking and have beer. And now it was necessary to make the gzera, to extend the gzera to beer because you needed the hedge against intermarriage, against assimilation. So he says that Tanan didn't make it because it wasn't Nagea. The Amaraim extended it. And it sounds like, my theory from before, that the Machaber is just saying it goes on all beer. He's not saying it would go on a new drink that all of a sudden became popular. It's something I think you asked that day. It sounds like they had to actually make another Xavier to include a whole other category. And if it wasn't included, it wasn't included. That's his whole shot here. So like the El Hashochan, they wouldn't. Yes? Wine drinking culture was heavily influenced by Romans. Romans were wine making. That makes sense because that's the time of the Tanaim. Okay. Yeah, for, furthermore, furthermore, they influenced the rest of Europe historically. The the beer was always a drink of barbarians. Of the it was cheaper. Aha. Uh, 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 uh-huh. and, and when they came, their influence was switch from the barbarian drinks to uh, to so, wine. So, I think that's very interesting. I think the status would be there anyway, because if you want, I'm not saying they got drunk. I, I, what I'm about to say, I don't have any personal feeling for it, because I really don't like beer. I don't think I ever tasted it. I had one sip once, and that was enough. And wine, you all know the story with me and wine. The old relationship, I on perm, I'm Yetzi, something, and Arbacasis, I'm Yetzi, I can handle it, Baruch Hashem. I don't see, and there are plenty of people like me, but the people who are not can't understand how I don't see it. I don't see what the chashivas is. It just doesn't taste good to me. So you'll say the chashivas is you can get drunk quicker. It's a higher content alcohol. But they weren't doing that by every meal. They didn't invite, the Jones didn't invite them. They didn't invite the Joneses to get drunk. They had it like in Savannah. They had it breakfast, lunch, and supper. So I'm saying the chashivas, besides the, you're saying uh, politically it became known as that because that, that probably played a role. But it's considered a more hush of a drink. You have to analyze why, which we're not going to do now. But part of the chashiv is always price, and part of the price is function of availability. And it was acceptable above all Chamer Medina because of the widespread availability and the fact that people weren't into wine, probably because it was more expensive. And now the Amaram had to make the Xera. Again, you see clearly they had to extend it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be usher. And the Amaram felt the last piece in this puzzle, we'll just say this quickly now and continue it tomorrow, they 
understood they had the power to make a gzera before Chasim HaSatama. That was my introduction. But they were Amarayim, and they didn't feel they were Tanaim and the same Madrega, and it's unusual for them to make a So they wanted to show a chiluk between their gzera, even though it's the same reason, intermarriage, between their gzera and the gzera of Tanaim. So they said, Pasakom is Aser and Lechefsa. Bishlakom is Aser and Lechefsa, wherever and whenever. And we're going to leave beer. It's only Aser, the point of purchase. And if you take it out and you order it home, you take the beer home, it's fine. Why did they do that? To show that it wasn't the original Xayra. Alzanivis. That's a very fascinating. So we'll, we'll pick that up tomorrow. But just to, to the construct of Xayra, it's a very fascinating uh, theory. And Mitzvah Shem will uh, wrap that up tomorrow. So is there a 